<clears throat> All right. Uh, can everyone hear me okay at the back? Can I get a thumbs up if you can hear me just fine? Just maybe a bit higher, Tim. Okay. Um, good morning, everyone. One more time. Good morning, everyone. Thank you. All right. Um, uh, thank you for everyone once again for being here. And um, there are a few uh, visitors here. Most of you guys know me, but I am Adrian, covering for Pastor Adrian. He is not my dad. Um, I, we just have the same name. But um, yeah, um, I am thankful for you guys that you guys are here. And yeah, it's always a blessing to be up here and to be given this privilege to preach to you all again. And actually, by God's grace, this is actually my uh, first time preaching on a Sunday divine service or the main service. So this is a lot more people than what I'm used to. But uh, I hope you guys um, bear with me and I hope you're all ready to listen to God's word. <clears throat> but um, before... Uh, before I um, start, uh, I want you guys. I want to um, tell a bit of a short story, or I want you guys to know, to hear a little bit of a short uh, preface before I open up my topic, before I open up everything. And um, last week Sunday, actually, uh, we had our youth program, and um, I was surrounded, or we were surrounded by a lot of us. There was a lot, and I mean a lot of youth. And um, we were at the Wesley Community Center, which is our venue. And uh, I just remember just looking at the amount of people we had, or I looked at everyone, and I just thought, wow, we have really grown. Or we have a lot of people. And I was talking to Sam last week, and we're like, since when did we have this many people? Or, yeah, so we had um, so, many, so, much, so many new youth that um, joined us. And throughout that day, that, that thought just kept coming. We have so many people. We have so many new youth. I think that week there were around maybe 24 of us. 24, 25. And, you know, last year we would have, what, 12 or 13. So by God's grace, it has grown a lot. And, um, yeah, um, I remember that day um, we actually um, we went out letterboxing. Um, so these are the uh, areas we covered. Um, the four, there's four different um, colors or groups, and with all those houses, it's actually, it looks like a lot, but let me tell you, it is not, and we all went, and we went letterboxing. So we uh, got our tracks, and we put them inside the um, letter um, boxes. Anyway, I remember, you know, there's four colors there, there are four groups, and you know, in each of those groups, um, just sharing a blessing, each of those groups had six people in them, or six different youth in them, and then that was actually a bit overkill, because um, if you look closely in that, um, those highlights, um, it's actually, the roads are actually quite small, um, because, so I was thinking, um, yeah, once again, there were so many youth, and now, let me tell you something, um, the hardest thing to do, or one of the most difficult things to do, is to split up youth into teams, it is... <laughs> It's really difficult, and I'll, I'll talk about that. Um, when you're dealing with youth, it is impossible to get everyone's attention, or it's really hard to you know, make them um, really listen. I remember just trying to explain everything. You see some, some of the girls, they're laughing hysterically. Ah, they, do, they do this thing where they like to slap each other. I don't know, I don't know if you guys know. Ah, and then attitude. Or hit their arm or something. I don't know. Um, so, you know, the girls, they're laughing really loud. Uh, they're talking very loud. The boys can never sit still. They're just, they're moving. I know Levy likes to pretend that he's playing sports or anything. He's, just, he's always moving around. You know, I remember, um, so yeah, I made, I made a perfectly clear, loud, easy to follow instruction. Easiest to follow. I said, all right, everyone, I'm gonna split you up into four teams four teams, and you are going to go to the corner depending on your team. So just like, if you can imagine with me in the building, there's one team there, one corner. 
Another team, second corner, another corner, third team, and fourth team. So, split up everyone, and they're in their corners, they're in their team. And um, yeah, I just wanted them to stay in their corner. And now I looked down, I looked down for a few seconds because I was trying to figure that out. I, I just looked down on my laptop, and you know, after 10 seconds, after telling everyone that, you know, to stay in your corner, I look up, everyone is scattered. And I mean everyone is scattered. I remember like one person from this corner is in that corner. One person from that corner is in that corner. You got people screaming. You got um, Levy screaming, I want to be blue, I want to be blue. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I remember I was like just trying to figure out everything, you know, and, you know, trying to see like the optimal path for us to go. And I remember just people, they're just scattering around, just running along, which, which, is, which, which is a blessing. And I remember Ngai, um, he comes out of his corner asking me like, Oh, Kuya, um, what color am I? Or where am I going? So that's why Ngai asked me, what color am I? Where am I going? And I just said, just stay in your team's corner and I will um, stay in your team's corner and I'll explain to everyone who is going where. Just give me a, a few minutes. Two minutes later, I know Levy, you know, it's a bunch of little kids, and they're like, where am I going? What, what area am I going to? Like, what color am I? Um, and then I was just like, Levy and the other kids, just, just stay in your corner, and I will tell everyone who is going where. Another two minutes later, Ateti comes to me, and what did she ask? Where are we going? What color am I? So, you know, it's not just them, like pretty much everyone came out and said, and I, they were testing my patience, really. They, um, I just said, just say, in your, just go in your corner, and I will tell everyone who is going where. Another two minutes later, Polly comes up to me. I think it was Polly, I don't know. Um, Polly comes up to me, and then I was just like, oh no, what is she gonna ask? And she just asked me, what group am I? <laughs> oh, anyway, I kind of went off on a tangent there, but, uh, what I'm trying to explain here is that, uh, well, I'm advertising our youth program, but it's a blessing to have everyone, uh, and like I said before, it's a blessing to have a lot of people joining, or a lot of new youth coming, and um, um, by God's grace, we had a great time at our boxing, um, and it was, yeah, with the amount of people we had, it was really hard to organize, and anyways, when I was just looking at everyone, when I was looking at all these Youth, he's loud, he's uh, running around everywhere, and you know, the youth that can't stay still. I was looking at everyone and I just, I just, I just pondered, I just looked at them all. And I just thought, there are so many of them, and I had a thought that those kids, or these youth, along with myself, we are all part of the next generation. These are the kids that will, the, these are the kids that are next to grow up. These are the kids that will represent God in the future. Um, they're still young. And because, um, for those of you that don't know, I myself am, am one of the four youth leaders. Uh, and this was granted to me by God, by Pastor Adrian. And I felt because I'm a youth leader, I have a strong responsibility towards all of these youth. I have a strong responsibility towards this next um, generation. I have that responsibility to make sure that these young kids learn new things. I have a responsibility to make sure that I am being a positive influence on their lives. I have a responsibility that while they are in um, my care, the leader's care between 2.30 p.m. and 5.30 p.m., I have a responsibility that these kids are safe and that they have fun and grow spiritually. Anyway, so I only realized maybe just the past year, how important of this role of a, a youth leader, um, I only realized how important everything is there. And in light of all of these things, in light of what the story that I just said, I said one word a lot, and that is responsibilities. So that will be our topic for today. If you are taking notes, our topic will be on um, responsibilities. Now, um, truth be told, I preached this topic with the men already, uh, in the men's meeting of our church, but I do believe that um, this topic should be heard by the whole congregation, and I believe that God really dawned in my heart that uh, not just the men, but everyone here um, 
uh, should be able to hear this as well. Now, as I go on, as I speak, I want you guys to be reflecting on yourself. I want you to be learning. Um, and if you do get blessed, most importantly, I want you guys to make changes to how you handle um, your own responsibilities. If you ask yourself, if you think of your responsibilities in your head, whether you're a father, a mother, or a child, or you're in the church, you're a youth leader, you're in the choir, you're in a particular ministry, if you ask yourself, am I giving my 100% effort into this? Am I giving in my time and my effort towards this responsibility of mine? I myself, I'm, I was tasked to preach today. And if I ask myself, did I give my um, full 100% of my time and effort towards um, this responsibility of being tasked to preach? Um, there's a verse that um, we're particularly going to focus on, and that is in Colossians 3.23. Um, and that is, it's a pretty common verse. Um, and um, yeah, Colossians 3.23 is, And whatsoever you do, do it heartily. I'll say that again. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Now, um, reflecting on that, I'll give a bit of a um, short story. Last year, 2022, I myself, I felt like I had learned a lot of new things and I had gained and learned new responsibilities, whether that just be in the home, uh, outside in the world, and most importantly, the church. Now, I'm going to say something a bit mean, or I'm going to say something a bit outlandish, but uh, to a small, to a small, small extent, to a small part of me, a little part of me is actually thankful that Kui Andre left. <laughs> um, I was actually, and not before you guys get mad at me, um, what I mean by that is, of course, I appreciate my brother a lot, I love him a lot, but um, I believe that his presence, my brother leaving the church and going to the South Island, that was an opportunity for me to step up. Or that was an opportunity for myself to be more part of the ministry or to be more serious in the ministry of Mount Zion Bible Baptist Church. Now because my brother left, um, I guess it's because um, I, had, I was his little brother, I had to step up in the choir. And now I... Um, unofficially became the um, choir director. Because my brother, who was the youth director, um, because he left, myself and along with the other three leaders, we had to step up more. So, um, yeah, his absence or his leaving was a opportunity. And um, I believe that um, God gave the opportunity for myself to learn, to step up, to make mistakes, and to continue on. And, yeah, so throughout this preaching, actually, I will share with you my own experiences. I will share with you my own, my own thoughts, my own memories, and like I said, my own responsibilities, the topic for today, and most especially, my own failures. Now, just to um, say this now, the things that I will say or the things that I will explain, I do not have the intention of boasting about it. I do not say these things to gain the approval of you guys, to make you guys think I'm cool. I want you guys to just, um, just listen and um, yeah, I'll share, share with you my own experiences, but I want you guys to think of your own experiences as we go on. So um, yeah, as I go on, think of what you need to do. What are your responsibilities? If you are a father, you have your own responsibilities as the head of the home. You have the responsibility to guide your kids in the right path, to have a um, family devotion, and to pray um, to provide if you're a mother, to you know, um, um, love your husband, to uh, take care of the kids, etc. If you're a child, you have your own responsibilities. You have your school. You have you have to obey your parents and to honor your parents. Youth, I'm gonna call you out right now. We're gonna recite Ephesians six one to three. Just do it with me, okay? Ephesians six one to three. Ready? Go. Children. Obey your parents in the Lord. <laughs> Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. It wasn't meant to be up there, but it's okay. Children, you have a responsibility. Parents, you have a responsibility. That's in your home, but there's also your workplace. You are employed. 
because you have a responsibility to do your tasks. Um, and you're in the church. Uh, you don't even have to have a role in the church. You don't have to be a youth leader like me or something else to have a responsibility in the church. So just think about all these things that I said. It might be a lot. But um, as I go on, keep this in your head and ask yourself some questions. Um, I said a lot, but um, now let's all bow our heads and pray for the opening prayer. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, thank you for today. Thank you that we could all be here to listen to your words, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you put your words into my mouth only. And Lord, I pray that this this congregation um, be able to listen and to be blessed by these words. Continue to be with us all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, we read this before, but I want us to read it again. Um, And actually, if you guys can read it with me, turn back to Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. You can stay seated, but um, we'll read that verse there, because it's really important, and I'll be focusing on it a lot. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Ready? Read. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. I'll read it again. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. So, what did that verse say? Do um, whatsoever we do. So, like I said, the topic is on responsibilities. You need to do your responsibilities, says, heartily. Or do it with your full ability. Uh, do it with, you know, excited and with a passion. Do it with your full ability and put in your full effort. But remember that second part of the verse, the verse says, As to the Lord. Now, let your motive for doing your responsibilities, let your motive for doing it be for the Lord, or do it to glorify God. You have a responsibility, but don't do it with the motive for pleasing other men, or to, to boast to other people. Look at me, you know, I, um, I'm, I have this, I have that, and you know, I have this role in the church. Don't do it with the, to gain the approval of other people, you have to do it to gain the approval of God. So, you know, uh, like I said before, I am the youth leader and the choir director. I did not do that. I did not take on these roles to boast and to, um, I guess, yeah, to boast and to tell you guys, you know, look at me. You know, I can, I can play the piano. I can, I was up there um, singing or um, conducting or, um, you know, look at me. Like, I'm not doing this to gain your approval, and I hope you guys think like this as well. Whatever responsibility you have, if you do get tossed to preach, you know, you're just um, that. Um, but, you know, even taking care of your family, do it for God and not for other um, men. Now, continuing on, before I open up in the main points, uh, just want to get this out of the way, it's important to know the question, what is the responsibility? Um, and I think you guys already know what it is, but just, cause, just so we're all on the same page if you want to write your notes down. Responsibilities are things you are supposed to do. I'll say that again. Responsibilities are things you are supposed to do. So that's the first part of it. Now there's a second part. Those responsibilities that you have, you need to be able to fully accept the results of your actions. You need to, I'll say that again, you need to be able to fully accept the results of your actions towards that responsibility. So, like I said, responsibilities are things you are supposed to do, and those responsibilities, you need to fully accept the results of your actions. Now, we're all different. We all have different responsibilities, but or the same, and different amounts of it. And some, you might even outrank others. So, like I said, as I talk, Keep these in your mind, and uh, if we're being honest, everyone has a lot of responsibilities. I cannot cover everything, so I will just cover what God laid down in my heart and what I, uh, what He told me to preach. Because, in honestly, we can go on and on and on and on and on. But I wanted to select on a, uh, a few, so um, like the bare minimums, bare minimum. Sorry. Um, the first point that I wanted to focus on is your responsibilities here in the church. The responsibilities in the church. Now, it does not matter if you are just um, a normal person. If, it's, if you visited only a few times, or if you are a leader, or if you are a deacon, 
If you're a pastor, everyone here, you and me, you have a responsibility in the church. Now, um, it's easy to say, uh, you know, we all say, oh, I want to serve God, or um, I want to be able to do more in the church, do more for God. But it's a lot easier to um, say than to actually put into action. Now I'm going to say something here, and I need you guys to really listen to this, but this is something that um, Pastor Leatherman said while me and Levy were in Australia, and I'm sure a lot of people can agree with me, but the soul winning revival we had was a blessing, right? Amen? Yeah. Yeah. I know the soul winning revival was a blessing to me, to my family, and to um, the youth, and to with everyone. Uh, I know that there were a lot of decisions a lot of convictions that happened throughout that week. Let me tell you something. Um, when, whenever you know, Brother Micah or Pastor Leatherman, um, Pastor Howell, um, they, they had a lot of altar calls, or Pastor Adrian, they would tell me to play the piano. So while you guys are up here praying, I was the one playing the piano. Um, and so my eyes were open. I can see the congregation. I can see everyone. There were, there, were, there were services in which there would be an altar call. And let me tell you, there were services, by God's grace, the whole congregation stood up. Normally, when there's an altar call, you might feel um, weirded out because you might be the only select few up here. But it was actually, and that week, it was the opposite. You were the weird one if you stayed in your seat because the whole congregation was up here. So it was, you know, that's how much of a blessing it was. The whole congregation was up here making decisions. So that's what I wanted to focus on. Everyone's on their knees. Everyone is crying to God. And most importantly, I know that people were making decisions. Um, I won't, uh, I guess, call on you one by one. But if you um, are honest to yourself, or um, I know myself, I've done that. If you had made some decisions during that time, just put your hand up a little bit. If you had made a few decisions during that Solon revival, just put your hand up a little bit. Thank you. Now, um, you know, if you wanted to make a change relating to God, you know, um, put your hand up as well. I know myself, I was convicted. So um, that's what I wanted to focus on. I know for sure a lot of the people here, um, a lot of you guys, a lot of you guys made decisions or things that you wanted to commit to, things that you prayed about to God. You know, oh, I wanted to serve God. I want to serve God more. I want to share the gospel. I want to do the best for God myself. I asked for the desire to win the loss, the desire to win souls. And so when you tell you when you made these decisions and everything of I want to serve God more, etc., etc., etc. Can I just say something? If you, if you made a decision that you wanted to serve God more, there is a bare minimum. There is a bare minimum that we all should follow as a Christian, and this is your responsibility. There is a bare minimum, and you have a um, responsibility to be present at every church service. You have a responsibility to yourself, to your family, to just be there at every service as you can. Now, if you can find a way to serve God without being present at the church, then you know something I don't. But what I mean by this is, if you made a decision of, yes, I want to serve God more, I want to do this and that, but you're not attending all the services, so Sunday, Wednesday, sometimes Friday, then I don't think God will use you. I believe the reason why sometimes God doesn't use you is because you're just not here. There's a verse that we all know, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as we see the day approaching. Um, turn to Psalms chapter 84, verse number 10. Psalms 84, verse 10. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'll say that again. For a day in thy courts 
is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. They said there, one day here in the church, in the services, is better than a thousand. So, um, I'm not trying to call you out. I'm not trying to, you know, ridicule you. But, you know, there are times that I know that you guys will miss church, and yet, you know, you know yourself that you can attend. Oh, I'm tired, I'm sick, and stuff. If we're honest to yourself, we, we have the full capability to be able to attend every church service that, we, um, that is given. So that's Wednesday and Sunday. I'll ask you a question here. How can we serve God if we are not present? How can we learn more about God if we are not in the church in the first place? How can you be convicted in the church if you are not in the church? And once again, this is you know something that I believe in. Pastor Leatherman told us that the bare minimum for a Christian is to just be present at every service. Um, there is something that Pastor Adrian said, and he, um, he really emphasized on this. And he said, the best time to go to church is when you don't feel like going. The best time to go to church is when you don't feel like going. So I advise you, if you're flesh, oh, I'm tired, I don't really want to go. When you are feeling that, that is the best time to get up and to go to church. When the body is tired, when the flesh is weak, that is the best time to come. Uh, I'll say this, on our Sunday services, right here, right now, we probably have about 80 people on average. So, you know, a good fair bit of us. But on our Wednesday services, we have about 30. That's being generous. It might, might even be less than 30. So that is less than half. And I, once again, I'm not saying this to ridicule you or to offend you, but it's really important that you guys are here to, on church at, at every Sunday, every Wednesday, maybe Friday. And um, if you think of the reasons why, oh, why am I missing church? Think of your reasons why you're missing church. And if you can grab that reason and say it to God and be fully comfortable with it, I don't know. But if you feel uncomfortable by that, you know that you can come to church, then I, I really advise you to make a change. Just um, show up. That's really the bare minimum for Christians. Show up at every church service that is available. Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. So this Wednesday, we have we, our Wednesdays. We have our service at um, Mount Roskill War Memorial Hall at 6:30 p.m. If God has convicted you, please come along, so you can hear more about the Word of God. Anyway, that was that's just one responsibility, or one bare minimum as a Christian that I wanted to talk about there. Um, so I'll move on. Now, like I said before, it doesn't matter if you are a normal person a leader, a deacon, pastor, or just anyone, everyone here has a responsibility. And recently I found one of my new favorite verses. Um, and I wanted to share with it, I wanted to share with you guys. If you guys could turn, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 8. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 8. This is one that I found recently. And I found it was it stood out to me and it was a big, really big blessing to me. First Corinthians chapter three, verse eight. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. I'll say that again so you guys to emphasize it more. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Now, this verse here, if you guys I'll use the analogy of plants. If you guys could just imagine um, plants. I have a, a little bit of a demonstration. Um, I can't really show it to you guys. But I have, well, there, there are five cups here. But uh, if you guys could imagine that these are pots with some seeds in them. We are on the analogy of plants. So um, please use your imagination as I go on. Pretend that these are pots. Now each of these plants or this cup 
will relate to a different responsibility or will relate to a different area in your life. So I'll be using my own um, examples here, but this one for me will be my, my responsibility, the youth. So this one for me is the youth. This one for me, choir. This one for, um, like if I just keep going on, maybe family or you know studies, but I'll do, I'll leave one cup. I want you guys to think of this one cup here, I'll put it on the left, as earthly desires or temporary things on earth. I want you guys to just keep imagining with me. So now, so these are all plants. And um, yeah, so imagine a little seed there. Now, I have a, a bottle here. If you can think of this water as your, your personal, your time and your effort. Yeah, so the, the water that I will use here is your, it signifies your time and your effort. Um, the, your time and effort to take care of your plant or your responsibilities. Now, of course, that what that verse says, um, now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. So that means there is a relationship with this water and this plant. You know how plants will grow because when you water them, yes? So your time and effort used on your responsibilities will allow, will allow the plant to grow, will allow your responsibilities to flourish, will allow your responsibilities um, to be used by God. So yeah, ultimately, if you are watering your plant, Give it time, um, or if you are putting in your time and your effort towards your responsibilities, that plant will grow and the church can benefit from it. So, however big that plant grows out to be at the end of your life will be um, how much the church benefits from your actions and you will receive your own reward as the verse says. So, you will own, you will reap the benefits. Now, uh, I'll, I'll explain something. So, like I said before, um, last year, before my brother left, I'll be honest, I was pretty lazy with my responsibilities. So, I have here the youth and the choir. The youth, I was a bit lazy with them, if I'm being honest. I would just do everything last minute, or I would um, rely on my brother to, um, for him to cover for me. Or, if I had a, you know, I, had a, I knew I had a whole week to prepare, but yet, I didn't put in my time and effort to be during, um, to be there during the youth. Choir, pretty much no water in there. I wasn't the, um, I was not playing the piano. My brother did everything. I, I sang, which was good. But once again, not much. So this is the choir. Just a little bit of water. And now, um, I'll just move on because we run out of time. But the things that are important, or the plants that have the biggest responsibilities, the plants that can be used by God, I did not water it, or I did not put in my time and my effort towards those things. But let me tell you, this one here, I said these are your earthly desires. These are the temporary things. Let me tell you how I did it. Did. That's been general. I can keep going the whole time. Because I put in my time and my effort with what? Instagram, social media, my phone. Let me tell you, that plant is flourishing. Even Probably even until now. That plant is alive, it is well, it is providing shade with everything, but these could be just tiny little shrubs because I didn't put in my time and my efforts towards these things. So think of your own responsibilities. Whatever, you know, that could just be your family. If you are a father, you have a responsibility towards your children. How much time and effort are you putting into that? If you are you know, a wife and you have your children, are you taking care of them? Or are you focused on, like me, earthly things, your phone, your you know, job? It's not like a horrible thing, but just keep, you know, how big are, the, are these plants compared to your earthly desires plants? So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll keep going in, on here. So like I said before, um, the longest time, I did not put in my 100%. Um, I did not fulfill everything to my best ability. Now, like I, I'll explain. So, Kui Andre, 
was our main pianist. I was a secondary pianist. I didn't perceive that he would leave. I didn't, I didn't um, put it in my mind that he would leave. So I never practiced the piano. I was a secondary pianist, yet I never practiced the piano. When would I need to ever play it? Um, and yeah, like I said, as a youth leader, I didn't prepare much. I just sort of just like, uh, we'll just repeat the game that we played for four weeks in a row now. So, you know, I was really not putting in my time and my effort. I did everything last minute. I kept leaning on my brother and I kept asking him for help and not really, you know, doing things, um, uh, not really doing things to the best of my ability. So, when my brother left, I believe that was one of the most humbling experiences for me. Now, um, I was humbled because, you know, I'll put this down now. Um, because I realized I could have been doing a lot more, or I just, my brother did everything, and I just stayed within the shadow. So, I believe that when he left, God really convicted me. Like, Adrian, you know, you need to do more. You need to put in more of your time and your effort. You need to put in more time and your effort towards your youth, towards your choir. Those plants are dying. Those plants are tiny compared to this. That's what, really, that's what God really was telling me. Now, he really convicted of me of this last year to me. Now, um, what I did, to, you know, because I was convicted, I observed the church, and most especially the youth in the choir, because that was my response responsibility. I was, yeah, I was given these roles, yet I didn't really realize how important these roles are. So, now, I told you guys my mistake. Now I'll tell you guys what I did after, and once again, I'm not saying this to boast. But to gain your approval, I'm just giving you guys my own experiences. But, yeah, so I'll start with the youth. And uh, I myself, I feel I wanted to be more of an honest person. So I'll be honest to myself and I'll be honest to you guys. Our youth for the longest time was very, I felt very stagnant or very mundane. Um, we call it Mount Zion Bible Baptist Youth. At times it felt like a Mount Zion Bible Baptist daycare. I feel like. What I mean by that is this. You can see the youth. They're the bored, or they just want to go home and they're staring blankly until the preaching is over. You know, they're thinking, oh, when is the time for the games? When will this be over? There's people sleeping at every serve. This is what happened in the youth for the longest time. And when it came to game times, us leaders, even until now, we you know. What game, what game do we have? I don't know what to do. What, uh, what can we do for them so they can enjoy something? Even until now, we still struggle with this. And I just thought, um, yeah, we often repeated games and everything, and you know that's fine. But of course, you know the youth there—they're not enjoying as much as they should be. And I thought to myself, all right, this is this is bad. This is horrible. There needs to be um, some changes. And I, I do believe that God convicted me to you know, try and introduce more things and to change. So myself and along with the leaders, we needed um, to change and be better. So I thought to myself, well, what can, uh, how can we improve the youth? And even until this day, I still, you know, I'm trying to find the answer. And that time, I created a survey. Um, and these kids will know that. I made them a survey, and I made them fill out questions on a scale of you know, one to five, one being you know, disagree, uh, strongly disagree, five being um, agree. So, you know, I, I told them to be brutally honest, but you know, kids, they don't want to offend people. So what I did, I was just like, this is the real answer, but they will add plus one so they're not mean. So what I did was, I'll minus one, and that'll be their true um, answer. So I, we asked them questions like this. I asked them, am I enjoying youth? And they're saying, oh, fours and fives. I know for sure it was not fours and fives, it's like it's probably like a three or a four, so they they just they're just happy to be there maybe, <laughs> but not fully enjoying. I asked them, are they enjoying the games being played? Around three to four. So like, oh, okay. So if I minus one, that's two and three. So maybe around um, average or they don't enjoy as much. Um, and this one, which is probably the most important, I am understanding everything from the preachings being said, and that was like threes or twos. So if I minus one, it means that they are in twos and threes, meaning they don't understand everything. And I was just like, what's the point of the youth 
group, if they're not enjoying and they're not learning new things. So I was like, all right, there needs to be something different. So with that data, you know, we needed to find a solution. And, um, you know, we, we told the boys, the leaders, all right, let's make the preaching shorter and also easier for them to understand and try and be more engaging. Teaching kids is hard. Or, you know, teaching the young kids and gathering their attention is one of the most difficult things. You know, we needed to be more emotive, repeating everything, make everything simple to understand. It's difficult. But, okay, what I'm trying to say here is that, um, yeah. So the act of me reflecting, the act of me making that survey and trying to make changes was me, I'm not trying to boast here once again, was me putting in some time and effort towards the youth. So me making that survey, I was watering my plant. I was watering or trying to make the plant grow, the responsibility grow. And by God's grace, I do believe that we have gotten better. The youth is, you know, the youth have grown spiritually and in numbers. And I do believe that they're enjoying more. Um, but yeah, by God's grace, you won't see the results straight away. And you might not even see the plant grow, but God said that he will reward you. So that, that was my own example of the youth. Me putting in my time and effort to carry on. Um, I was going to talk about another thing, but once again, think of your own responsibilities. How much time and effort are you truly putting in? If you are, especially if you have a role in this church, if you are a youth leader like myself, or if you have been tasked to preach, it's not appropriate if you were to just do everything last minute. Or if I'm preaching on Sunday, if I'm preaching on Wednesday, it's not appropriate for me to just prepare it Saturday night. And then you come up here and you're not prepared or something else. Or maybe towards your children, um, it's not fair for you or to not put in your time and your effort to guide them along the right path. To, like I said before, the bare minimum, to bring them to every service. Think about your responsibilities and ask yourself, am I really doing this well? Am I really um, doing everything to the best of my ability? Now, um, so, yeah, think of yourselves, what can you do? Like I said, the bare minimum, just show up. Every service, just show up. I'm sure you, can, you have the ability to do that. Just write that down, just show up. That's one thing that you can do. That is you already improving your responsibility if you're not coming to every service, just showing up. If you're a father, your responsibility is to bring your family um, to church as well. So, like I said, showing up. I'm blessed by LJ over here, one of our youth. He takes train, bus commutes an hour and a half sometimes. He'll go, uh, he, he remember he took um, a commute to our choir practice. And this is ours. And I'm, I'm really blessed by that because he's putting in his time and effort to show up towards his responsibility. Some of us, the drive is what? 10, 20 minutes, and yet we still miss it. So reflect, really reflect on yourself. You might not even have a role, but if you're just a normal person, if you're just a normal member, uh, one thing we all have is talking to the new visitors. Um, how can we you know, expect the visitors to stay and come back if we are not talking to them? So like I said, we have, uh, we have visitors here. It is everyone's responsibility here to go up to them, talk to them, introduce yourself, etc. If you're a part of the music ministry, the choir, um, showing up to the practices, that's good. And then um, listening to the recordings, um, that's one that we need to do more is to really um, listen to the recordings and do more. Like I said before, you guys saw everyone up here, there was about 10, 11 of us. Um, if you got really dawned in your heart, if you want to make a new responsibility towards yourself to sing to the Lord, to praise the Lord, talk to me and join the choir. Right now we have a need for the young kids ministry. We have only about maybe like Tita Jinki and is taking care of the kids maybe age five and below. If you, um, if you like taking care of kids, if you like to um, be around them, I advise that you talk to um, Tita Jinki or when, when they come back. 
I want to help with, you know, the young kids ministry. Do you just need to be back there taking care of the kids? If, if God is calling upon you. So these, like, I'm just listing a few responsibilities that you can do or things that you, um, um, yeah, things that you can improve on. Setting up and putting down. Right? You know, after this, you're a member of the church. Just help to put the chairs away. Don't just stand there in the corner watching everyone do the work. So that's one there. Everyone here, also prayer. Prayer is the most important thing. That is a responsibility everyone has. Uh, you have a prayer, prayer about Pastor Adrian right now. He's um, gone. But your family, the church, the leaders, the deacons, we all have that responsibility. So just, I'm just really trying to um, put fuel into your brain. And all, what can I do? Or how can I help? So that was, that's, some, that's what I wanted to focus on. Responsibilities in the church show up and putting in more time and effort towards these things. Now, second point, uh, I'll skip over a few things, but we have a responsibility in the outside world. Uh, we have responsibilities in the outside world, if you're taking notes. Once again, like I said before, there are hundreds of responsibilities that we all have, but I'm just going to focus on a select few. Responsibilities in the outside world. Now, of course, there are responsibilities in the home, and I'm not going to you know, um, focus on this because Pastor Dotsoy, if you were here, um, he preached on that a uh, beautiful way. You know, husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Wives, um, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. So we, there are some responsibilities in the home, and that's a very important topic, but I'm not going to cover this right now. But yeah. The kids, uh, what we recited, Ephesians 6, 1 to 3. So, yeah, I'll just move on. But this is one that I wanted to talk about here. Your testimony is your responsibility. Uh, if you're taking notes, your testimony is your responsibility. Now, oh, what do you mean by that? Or what's, what's a testimony? That's basically how you are acting, how you are perceived. So that's your testimony towards these non-believers. And this is very important. Your testimony is very important yeah. so that they can see God's presence within you. Yeah. So that they can tell that, oh, this person is a Christian. This person, oh, I want to be like him. I want to, you know, he's very kind. He's very helpful. He's a blessing to everyone. You know, I should make friends with him. And then in turn, you can take the opportunity to, um, you know, you bring them to the Lord. Think to yourself, how am I acting around non-believers? So when you're out in the outside world, how am I with like, what's my personality like with them? Am I joining in in the sin that they do? Am I just following the bandwagon? Am I just going with them? Or am I, diff am I really, really different to how they're acting? And that's what we should be. Language, am I swearing? Or even how you look? Am I dressing like them? Now there's a famous verse that everyone um, has probably seen once. You can turn to Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Actually, you know what? Let's read this together when we turn there. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Matthew 5, 16. Ready? Read. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So let your light uh, so shine before men. So if I ask you, how is your light? How are people perceiving you? How do people, you know, when they look at Adrian, when they look at Matthew, when they look at Brother Ram, when they look at Levi, how are they, what do they think of? So that's a testimony. The most important question, can people see God within you? Can people even tell that you are a Christian, that you are different to everyone else? And I feel like a lot of people and I'm not trying to shame you once again, because I myself have done this before, but we'll, we, we might have maybe two masks or two different personalities. If I'm being honest with you guys, that was me towards my junior years of, uh, junior years of high school. When I'm in church, you can see me, oh, I'm a Christian, I'm in a ministry, I'm in the choir, I'm singing, I'm getting tasked to preach, I am um, a good, or uh, trying to be a good Christian. But 
Then comes when I'm out of the church, like an example, when I'm going to school. Oh, oh I, I'm kind of embarrassed or thing. I put on a different mask, or I, I put on, I try and blend in, that's the word. To blend in with everyone, I try and not be noticed. I want to just, um, to fit in, basically. Um, that's how I was um, like before, and by God's grace, I've improved on that. But I, um, some of us struggle with that. You might have a, you know, this lovely Christian right now, but as soon as you step in the outside world, you sort of, people can't even tell that you're a Christian. People can't tell that um, God is within you. Because you're trying to fit in, you're doing the same sin as them, talking the same way as them, looking the same way as them. So, um, yeah. So that there, you know, me trying to get that second personality and they're changing up was me hiding my light. We need to shine our light before men, but me now, I was like, no, 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 I'm going to hide this light. So there's a um, song that we sing in youth. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. Yeah, so there's a song there. And, you know, it's, you know, the youth were loud. We're singing it. We're singing it loud. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. There's a second verse there that goes, um, hide, hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No. So that's what I was, I was singing this on this Sunday youth program. Hide it under a bushel. No. But in reality, when I'm out there, I'm the one hiding it under a bushel. Yes, I guess. So, you know, that was me. And I feel like a few of us are doing that right now. When, you know, someone asks you, oh, are you a Christian? You, you, you panic. Um, uh, yeah, or you're, you're a little bit embarrassed or you're kind of scared to admit it. Um, a lot of us are like this. Um, my God, I was talking to Sam and she was, um, she was telling me that, you know, uh, when she was tasked to introduce herself, she made it very clear that she's a Christian, or that's what she focused on. And that's a big blessing. Before, I, I, if you asked me to do that, I probably wouldn't be able to do that. I was hiding my life. Right now, she was letting it shine, or letting people know. And, you know, if, if people are blessed by how she acts, and they know that she's a Christian, they can see God's presence within her, and they'll be, you know, be able to make friends. Some can then invite them to church, letting them know the gospel. So, yeah. Now, Moving on, we are so different uh, from the world, we know this. And we're seen as, oh, that person is different, or that person is weird. I remember at my previous work, um, back in, I worked in Mexicali, uh, a restaurant, and my coworkers, they're just talking on the subject of alcohol. So um, I just randomly just joined, I just walked along, and then they stopped me. And then um, they just asked me, oh, Adrian, what's your favorite type of alcohol? Or, Adrian, what's your favorite drink? They just assume that I do drink. They didn't ask me, oh, Adrian, do you drink? They just assume that I already do drink, and they just ask me, oh, what do you, you know, what, what's your favorite alcohol? What do you like to drink? And you should have seen the shock in their face when I just said, oh, I don't, I don't drink. They're like, really? Really? They're, they're super shocked about it. The people in my generation, like, they're, they're very shocked by someone that doesn't drink alcohol. And, you know, like, you should see their face, like, seriously? Like, not even, like, a small sip or a beer or something? No. I told them, no, I'm a Christian and I don't like to do that. And so, um, yeah, at that moment, that could have been a segue for me to, oh, I'm a Christian. And, you know, um, I could have segued that into sharing them the gospel or to inviting them to church. Sometimes, you know, you might, even, um, you might not even be doing anything, but your testimony will speak. You could be doing nothing, just minding your own business. By your testimony, people will take notice. Someone came up to me and asked me, why don't you swear? Like, I, I, you know, why don't you cuss? And I just said, oh, I just don't like to cuss. And, you know, I'm a Christian and um, we don't like to do that. And they're like, wow, like they're genuinely amazed by, you know, you can see that they're genuinely amazed. That again, I didn't do anything. I didn't um, bring up the topic, but that could have been me. Segwaying into the topic of church, God, inviting them to church. So, by God's grace, that's a sign of, okay, my testimony is um, at least a little bit good. They can see that I'm different with everyone else. But if they can't see you, if you're just the same as everyone else, 
then how can you invite them or how can you bring them to um, God? So, um, yeah. So a lot of us, you know, um, are probably maybe not ashamed, but you're maybe a little embarrassed. I guess that is a shame of the testimony, your own testimony, and um, God within you. So, yeah, like I said, your testimony, testimony, there should be a visible difference with how um, you should be acting. Now, I'm going to show you guys uh, an obvious one about your testimony. How's your language, or how's your mouth? Um, I was talking to Sam, and she was culture shocked about the people in university. And you know, what I'm meaning here is swearing. Swearing now has just become another part of the human language. Just another word. Just another word to um, show emotion. It's not vulgar anymore. It's just a way that people can um, see how upset you are. It's just another way to show um, emotion. That's another part of the human um, language. Now, actually, my lecturer right now, my current lecturer, he swears all the time as well. And that's just normal for him. And the kids don't say anything. They just, they just think it's normal. But the lecturer himself, this, he's meant to be an example in teaching, he is the one um, swearing. You know why? Because they use swearing to be a way to be hip, to be cool, to be relatable with the young people. So it's, it's, just, it's a tool for them, you know, swearing, that, um, so that uh, it's a tool for them so that they can um, engage people. So um, there's even, like, I remember me and Levy, we went um, letterboxing in Australia when we were in Pastor Medina's church. There's little kids, 11 years old and younger, and they're just swearing with every single sentence. These are young kids. And me and Levy just looked at each other, like, like shocked. Um, anyway, so that's what I wanted to ask her. How's your, you know, outside the church here, how's your language? How's your mouth? Um, so, yeah. So, um, there's a verse here, I'll, I'll make this fast. But Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So, let no corrupt, meaning you know, rotten or bad words, come out of your mouth. Don't even euphemize it. Don't have an alternative to the word, because essentially they mean the same thing. But you're just trying to sound, you know, you're not actually saying the word, but you still mean it. Don't euphemize, you guys know what I'm talking about. Don't euphemize those words. Instead, the verse says, uh, it's good to the use of edifying. What does edifying mean? It's to build up one another, complimenting one another, or have a positive tone. Uplift one another. So that's edifying. So don't uh, let any corrupt communication come out of your mouth. Now, uh, I'll make this fast. The voice is a very powerful tool. Uh, it's a destructive tool. It could be your greatest asset, it could be your biggest liability, it could be your biggest downfall. And we don't even think about the words that we say. Um, James chapter 3, verse 6, and verse number 8, um, if we could quickly go here, but I'll continue on. James 3, 6, and 8, this, um, that chapter focuses on the tongue, or your mouth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. But the tongue can no man tame, it is unruly evil, full of deadly poison. So, it says there, the tongue is destructive. Your words that you say out of your mouth, the tongue is evil. The tongue will reveal your true nature. Now it's described there, the tongue is described as a fire, meaning you can burn anyone or anything with just a few words. So keep that in your mind. Someone, you're someone's day, someone's week or month can be destroyed with just one sentence or one little thing that you say to people or or one sentence that you say or do that you say could make their day week or month so um, so like you know how's your words I'm not talking about just swearing but you know how's your um, what are the things that you say um, yeah so what are the words that you say but let me tell you this not even just the words how's your tone Tonality is very important. How you say something could change the whole meaning or change your, um, how you're perceived. So how's your tone towards different people? Are you judgmental or are you respectful? Are you mean? This one, are you being sarcastic? 
sarcasm, you might think it's just humor or something. Sarcasm is, you know, it, it might, sometimes it might make people offended or, you know. So, you know, you, some of you guys, we have to watch our tone. Not even just the words we say. Oh, I don't swear. But the words that you say, the tone that comes out of how you say particular things. If you think about the words you say and the tone you say it, would that make God happy? Now, you know, us humans, we obsess over our physical image. Everyone wants to look cool, everyone wants to look trendy. We come to church with the, you know, the suit and tie, we've got the pretty long dresses. It's a good job. You look amazing, but if you ask yourself, how is your vocal image? Now, what do I mean by that? How can I assess that? Basically meaning, if people blindfolded themselves and just talk to you, how would they perceive your personality with just hearing your voice? With like, are you a friendly Christian? Like, oh, hello, um, what's your name? You know, you're super friendly, makes them want to talk to you. But if you're just like, oh, hello, um, hi. Or, you know, you're super awkward or, you know, you're not interested. Of course, they're not going to want to talk to you. So that's your vocal image. Um, if people only heard your voice, would they be blessed? So, yeah, especially as Christians, I do believe that um, the first impression is the most, one of the most like, important things. The first impression you get of someone, especially when we are trying to share the gospel towards other people. If their first impression of you is um, negative, then they're not going to want to hear what you say. You could look nice, or you could have your suit and tie, but then you know how you talk or how you say things, you're just like, oh, never mind, I don't really want to talk to them. So there's two parts. You could look nice, but how you sound, your personality, your vocal image. Some of us, you guys look great. You guys look good physically, but then your vocal image is just dirty. How you talk, or the words that you say, you could be sarcastic, you could just be mean. Think about it. Because um, there's, there's really um, a difference. You can, you know, like eye contact or being disinterested, if you're like that to a person, then you're not going to be able to share the gospel. So think of your vocal image. If I go up to you, um, oh, um, hi, um, nice, nice to meet you, what's your name? If I'm talking like that, the person's not interested. But if I'm definitely, oh, hello, I'm Adrian, welcome to the church. And then, you know, engaging eye contact with everything, there's a big difference. Then they can, you know, you think they'll talk more and, you know, you'll make a positive first impression. So, yes. So, unfortunately, I had a lot more to um, preach about. But the second point there was your testimony. How do people perceive you? And also, one another thing, your vocal image is what I focused on. So, unfortunately, we're running out of time. But um, I had a lot more to go on. But once again, these are your responsibilities, the church, going out to people, talking to them. And like I said, the bare minimum, just showing up, showing up at every service. So I hope to see you guys maybe this evening and also even on Wednesday. Oh, I've got work. You know you can make it, some of you guys. So please, um, think about your responsibilities towards your family. Be focused. Put in your time and your effort towards these things. And second, uh, and responsibilities in the outside world, your testimony, how do people perceive you, can people see God within you, and also, yeah, your vocal image, like I said before. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to cut it short there, so uh, I hope you learn new things, and once again, um, now that you know these things, please, your, your next step, make changes. Um, I pray that, you know, you don't just, wow, I was really blessed, and then leave when nothing happens. The next part is to make changes in my life. Okay, maybe I need to. All right, I need to grab my family. Let's let's do some personal. Let's do some family devotions. Let's pray. I didn't talk about it here, but um, we know redeeming the time, soul winning revival. We we all know. Okay, share the gospel. All right, all right. We can. You know, uh, I need to do more, but don't do nothing about it. Yeah. Grab a track. One. Give one track per day. Just one. If 80 people give out one track per day, that's 80 a day. If you could give two. 160 per day. If you can make that commitment to yourself, just give him one. Or just, Pastor Howell, he likes to, whenever we took public transport, he'd just leave a track on his seat. Or if you have a class, just, or if you're in a class, just put it underneath your seat. You don't have to give it to someone. Just place it somewhere where 
with a lot of foot traffic or something. Anyway, I'm rambling on, but there are a lot of things that we can do and a lot of ways to put in our time and our effort towards our sensibilities. So I hope you guys think about these things. And um, oh, one, one last thing. Um, there is a website that we use. This is unrelated to the topic now, but there's a website that we use, and we put all of Mount Zion's preachings in there. If you guys could um, show it, but it is called sermonaudio.com. Um, if you just search up sermonaudio.com and just search up Mount Zion Bible Baptist, you will hear all of the uh, recent preachings. Um, this one that I just preached on will be there. Some of you guys have a responsibility in your daily walk with God. Just listen to these. That could be a way. Your daily commute, you're going to work, just listen to a preaching, listen to the Bible. That could be just a way of putting in your more of your time and effort. Anyway. So once again, that's sermonaudio.com, and when you search up, just search up Mount Zion Bible Baptist, Adrian Cadilla, and you can just look at um, everything. I hope you're uh, blessed now, and now let's um, close in a word of prayer. Uh, Father God, Lord, thank you for today. Uh, thank you for the words that have been said. And Lord, help us to assess our responsibilities, Lord, our responsibilities here in the church, and also out in the outside world. And we focus on our testimony, and our um, image, Lord. So Lord, I pray that you just continue to be with us for the rest of the um, day. Give us your wisdom, Lord. Help us to be able to be present at every service, Lord. Uh, I pray that you make it a commitment for us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We'll stand and we'll sing our closing hymn, I Am Resolved, number 486. I Am Resolved.